Although we academically talk about the Spirit of God, talk about the Holy Spirit, I wonder how many of us really experience His power. I wonder how many of us really know what it really means to be empowered by the Spirit of God, to see Him transform me. This is Living a Legacy, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Crawford Lorenz. Well, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you undoubtedly know about the Holy Spirit. But how does He impact your life on a daily basis? How often do you call on His help and power? Join us as we take a fresh look at the role of the Holy Spirit. Our speaker has spent most of his life in Christian ministry, over 50 years in fact. He recently retired as pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia. He's authored such books as Unshaken, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow, and Make It Home Before Dark. He now heads a ministry called Beyond Our Generation, which provides mentoring resources to those in Christian leadership. Well, today we begin a new series titled Supernatural, looking at the role of the third person of the Trinity. Crawford will introduce the series in a few moments. Just a reminder that Crawford's messages are available to stream, even download, and I'll have more information about that at the end of our time together. Our text is Ephesians chapter 4 if you're able to follow along. Ephesians chapter 4. Here's Crawford Loretz with part one of his message, Who is the Holy Spirit? It is a very important series. I guess anything in the Bible is important. I don't want to oversell things, but uh, the emphasis is important because this is the era of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I think we ought to talk more about the Spirit of God than we actually do is because the Spirit of God dominates this era. That from the time that Jesus ascended to heaven until he comes back again, this is the era of the activity of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible, the Acts of the Apostles, technically speaking, is more about the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And this is the era of the Holy Spirit, the emphasis of the Holy Spirit. And yet, uh, there's a lot of confusion about the Spirit of God, a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit, a lot of confusion about who He is and what He, what he does. A lot of weird things are attributed to the Holy Spirit. So what, 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 what does He do? What does He do? And that's what we want to talk about during this series. I've entitled this series, Supernatural, Supernatural. How would you feel if you had someone that you loved dearly, maybe a family member, maybe a child, maybe a spouse, you loved dearly and you watched them struggle? You just watched them struggle. And the, 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 the problem was that, that you, you had the resources and the power to address what they were struggling with. You, you, you had it, and it, it was all theirs. And, and not, not only would they not come to you for help, but they actually would ignore you and resist you. And in their determination, they'd try to gut it out on their own and try to make it happen. And many of us have seen that even with some of our own children. We, we, we say, well, wh- why, why are you so stubborn? Why don't you come? Why don't you, why don't you get help? Why don't you do that? Do you know that inside of us, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, Inside of us is all the power that we need to face any challenge on any given set of circumstances in which we may find ourselves. Every bit of strength, uh, every solution ultimately is found 
in his word, but it operates in us through the work and power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean to be hard on anyone, but I've been a Christian for a number of years and been around the block a little bit, been a pastor for quite a little bit now. And uh, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, the truth of the matter is, is that most followers of Jesus live remarkably unsupernatural lives. Most of us, most of us are somewhere in this gray area of two steps forward, three steps back, a little roller coaster experience. We get victory in an area this, uh, in, in this one area, and then we go back and we keep going up and down, 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 up and down. Uh, we, we sort of feel like, well, the real power is found in my insights or learning more about Jesus or, or reading my Bible. That, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I gotta tell you, uh, and from a practical perspective, although we academically talk about the Spirit of God, talk about the Holy Spirit, I wonder how many of us really experience His power. I wonder how many of us really know what it really means to be empowered by the Spirit of God. I wonder how many of us really know what it means to see Him transform me on a day-to-day basis to see him help me overcome, and not only overcome, but give me victory in areas of sin and defeat. Jesus made a statement over in John chapter 14, verse 17, when he was speaking to his followers, and just before he was going to be crucified, he was telling them, said, you're not gonna be alone. I'm gonna send you another helper, another comforter, um, who shall be with you and in you. He's not not just going to be around you. He's not just going to be around your circumstances. But I'm sending you another comforter. He's talking about the Holy Spirit who shall be with you and he's going to be in you. Well, what's in us? Who's in us? Who is the Holy Spirit? And that's what I want to tackle today. Now, I'm going to do a tad bit more teaching today and not as much inspiration because we need a good framework and a foundation. I find that when we traffic in the ministry of the Spirit of God, there there, there are two extremes. One extreme is that we ignore him and just deal with him academically. The other extreme is that we pursue it experientially that's not tied to healthy, solid, biblical framework. And we need healthy, solid, biblical framework to appreciate the banks of the river and how God intends the Spirit of God to function and work in and through our lives. So we cannot ignore the content and the teaching of, of what, who and what the Spirit of God is intended to do inside of our lives. So who is this person that lives inside of us? Who is he? Who is the one that is with us and in us? I mean, is he an influence? I mean, who is he? Is he the mega assistant to God, the Father and God, the Son? Who is he? Well, I want to reintroduce him to those of us who know him and introduce him to some of us who may not know who he is. Now, I've organized my thoughts in these three big categories or these three big expressions about the identity of the Holy Spirit, who he is. Uh, One, he he is power. Number two, he is a partner. And number three, he's a person. 
Now, I'm summarizing a whole lot of theology here on the ministry and the personhood of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, number one, is power. He is power. What do we mean by that? I mean that he is God. He is God. The one who is with us and in living inside of us is no less than God, the Holy Spirit. He's not a mega assistant. He's not an influence. Uh, he's not just the good thoughts and the collective spirit of truth and all of this kind of nebulous nonsense. He's not, he's not that. He is literally God that lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. What does that mean? That means he's co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Son. He's not just a big assistant. He doesn't just run errands for the Father and the Son. In In terms of who he is, he himself is power. He himself is God. And it's that God that lives inside of us. Uh, Let me just delineate a few things here. Uh, When I say he is God, what I mean by that is that he has the attributes of God. All that God is, the Holy Spirit is. And while I'm saying this, so it is with Jesus. All All that Jesus is, God is. And all that God is, Jesus is. And I didn't say that they're the same person. This is the mystery of the Trinity. But but they're 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 co-equal in substance. They have these divine attributes which are some amazing and amazing, some amazing implications here. And let me just kick off, click off about eight or nine of these attributes that the Holy Spirit has. We find them throughout the scriptures. Number one, the Holy Spirit is present everywhere, just like God is present everywhere. We call that omnipresence. He is everywhere at the, at the same time. Now, let me, let me just say this. Not, not part of him is present everywhere. All of him is present everywhere at the same time. This is remarkable. If, there was any, if, if that were not so, then he would be less than God. Just as God is present everywhere, all of him is present everywhere at the same time, so also the Holy Spirit, all of him is present everywhere at the same time. That's what the psalmist meant over in Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8. Where shall I go from your spirit? Capital S. You're everywhere. And so is the Spirit of God. He is everywhere present at the same time. Secondly, he's omniscient or he knows all things. Just as God has all knowledge, the Holy Spirit has all knowledge. You don't need to bring the Holy Spirit up to speed. You don't need to brief him on what has taken place. You don't need to give him cleft notes in terms of what's happening in your life. Uh, He knows it instantly. He knows it. He knows all things. Just as Jesus knows all things, and God the Father knows all things, he has all all knowledge. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11, the Apostle Paul is talking about the mind of the Spirit and, and how the Spirit has access and knows the things that God knows. He has knowledge. He knows all things. Uh, Number three, he has infinite power. Just as God is omnipotent, all-powerful, just as Jesus is omnipotent, all-powerful, so also the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. He has all power. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that created this universe, 
The power that sustains it is the same power that lives inside of our hearts and our lives. We have no less than God who is with us and who is in us. And fourthly, he is eternal. Uh, Hebrews 9.14 calls him the eternal spirit, not small s as in influence, but the eternal spirit, capital S, as in the person of the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Well, he's never created. He wasn't created. Uh, Just as God wasn't created, Jesus wasn't created, uh, they've always existed. Had no beginning and no end. Uh, When thus it says, the plural pronoun is used, let us make man in our image. It is the Godhead. We've always existed. The Holy Spirit has always existed. He He is holy as is implied by his name. He is holy. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Uh, don't you know that your body is the temple of a holy spirit? Just as God is holy and just as Jesus is holy and there's no imperfection in them, so the Holy Spirit is holy. And just a little aside here, so when he resides in our hearts and lives, his job is to make us holy, to make us like Christ. It's to purify us. The truth of the matter, his desire to purify us is more than desire. He has the ability to do what he desires because he's all-powerful. I don't care what problem you have, and I don't care what sin you're struggling with, and I don't care what addiction you may have. It is not beyond the power of the Spirit of God to break it, to shatter it, and to throw it away. He is able to do that. He is called the Holy Spirit. Uh, He is also life. Just as God is life and Jesus is life, the Holy Spirit is life. Romans 8, 2 calls calls the Holy Spirit, Paul calls him the spirit of life. Again, not small s, capital S, the spirit of life. And not meaning influence, the the, the implication is, is that the Holy Spirit is the author of life. Amazing. And by the way, Life is a product of deity. It's a product of God. We don't produce life. Oh, yes, egg and a sperm and all that stuff. But we don't produce life. God produces life. And the Spirit of God, that's one of his attributes is that he, he is life. He is love. Just as God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Where do you get that from? Well, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. He produces what he is. He's love, just as God is love. And then finally, another one of his attributes is that he is truth. That's what John 14, 17 talks about. John 14, 17 calls him the Spirit, not small s, capital S, the Spirit of of truth. Just as God cannot lie and is the author of truth, just like Jesus cannot lie, the Holy Spirit cannot lie. It's a spirit of truth. Well, you say, what what difference does this make, Crawford? I mean, okay, you said he's God co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son here, and you've delineated these attributes. Well, what what difference does it make? Now, hear me on this. Here's the difference that it makes. Because the Holy Spirit is God, 
there are consequences for disobeying the Holy Spirit who resides in our hearts and in our lives. Just as God is to be worshiped, just as Jesus is to be worshiped, the Holy Spirit is to be worshiped. Just as God is to be obeyed and Jesus is to be obeyed, the Holy Spirit is to be obeyed. There are consequences to ignoring the Holy Spirit. And as God, in terms of his position, he demands our attention, he demands our honor, and he, uh, he demands that we submit to him and that we obey him. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's, no, he's not just an influence. The benchmark, the first place to begin is that he's God. He has power, meaning that he is God. Secondly, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, he is a partner. I want you to turn with me to, to uh, John, chapter, John chapter 15. A few verses in John 15 and John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit is a, a partner. What do you mean by that? Well, his role in human history is to execute the will of the Father and the Son. That's what he's doing right now. That's what he's doing in human history. You gotta bear with me here, because this is, this is some important stuff. What he's doing right now, in and through our lives, is executing the will of the Father and the will of the Son. The Holy Spirit does not act apart from the will of the Father and the will of the Son in human history. This is what is called, theologically, there's a doctrine called the procession of the Trinity. And I'm gonna explain that in a moment, but look at, look at uh, John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus is, is, is uh, telling his followers that they're not by themselves and that when he leaves, uh, he's not gonna leave them alone. He says in verse 26, but when the helper comes, the helper. The word helper there is a Greek word, parakletos, parakletos. Para meaning alongside, kletos comes from kaleo, which means to call. One who's called alongside of, that's the whole inference of partnership. One who's called alongside of to empower, to do something. So Jesus says, when I go, it's not like you're going to be powerless. In fact, I'm going to send you another comforter, the parakletos, the spirit of God, who's going to empower you partner with you, if you will, in terms of the will of the Father and the will of the Son. Now listen to these words closely. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. Now here's the term. This is where they get the, the whole idea of the doctrine of the procession of the Trinity. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. What does all that mean, that he proceeds from the Father? Doesn't mean, it does not mean that he's less than the Father, but it means the execution of God's plan for human history. The execution of what God's, God's redemptive plan is all about for this age. I'm getting a little bit too heavy. Let me, let me, let me, say, let me put it this way. Our salvation is, the Trinity is involved in the total picture of our salvation. You might put it this way, God the Father plans our salvation. He planned it before eternity passed. He planned it. Secondly, the, the, God the Son, Jesus Christ, 
purchased our salvation. He was sent here in the world to die on the cross in our place and for our sin, and he paid the price for our sin. He purchased our salvation. Now, here's where the procession of the Holy Spirit comes from. The role of the Holy Spirit is to process our salvation. What he does, what the Holy Spirit does is a regeneration. He gives us new life. That life that was purchased by the Son and planned by the Father. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, he gave you new life. He didn't just forgive your sins, but he, he, he came into your heart and life and made you a new person. Now, we are being saved. What does that mean? That means on a day-by-day basis, the Holy Spirit is empowering us to live a Christ-like life. And he will ultimately deliver us into the very presence of God. So in terms of what the Spirit of God does, he's a partner with God the Father, God the Son, in terms of the execution of our salvation, but he's also a partner with us in terms of the transformation of our lives based upon that salvation. And that's what the Spirit of God is doing right now in our hearts and lives. And so he advances the will of the Father. That's what John 15, 26 is about. And then secondly, he advances the will of the Son. Look over in John chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. For he, meaning the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He, 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 I want you to get this. I really want you to get this. It is the focus job and mission of the Holy Spirit during human history to honor and glorify Christ. In that regard, he subordinates himself to the plan of salvation that was orchestrated by God the Father and purchased by the Son to magnify and glorify Jesus Christ. Hear me on this, hear me on this, hear me on this. Be very careful of anybody who teaches on the ministry of the Holy Spirit or watch what you watch on TV. Watch where the focus of the attention is. If they are drawing attention to themselves as the anointed prophet or the one who heals or the one who does these spectacular things, that is not of the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit does not even bring, bring the focus on himself. The Holy Spirit magnifies and glorifies Jesus Christ. He will always exalt Christ. Even the fruit of the Spirit in, in, in Galatians chapter 5 is nothing more than a profile of Christ's likeness. Crawford Loretz here on Living a Legacy, very important teaching on the role of the Holy Spirit. So, three big expressions about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Number one, he is power. Number two, he is partner. And number three, he is a person. More about partner next week. Crawford is introducing us to a new series called Supernatural, and today it was the first message, Who is the Holy Spirit? The second part of this message next time. Now, if you're not able to join us for all of the messages on radio, you can hear them on our website. So no need to feel like you're missing out if you can't hear the broadcast. Go to livingalegacy.org and click on the link Past Programs, livingalegacy.org. 
thanks so much for your emails. It's always helpful to know how God is using these broadcasts to move you closer to our Savior. We'll look for you again next week right here. For Crawford Loritz, I'm Bill Davis. This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.